The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madeer, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. This week's episode is dedicated to freedom. The topic of this episode is minding your money. It is the path to living your best life. This is my interview with Michelle Richberg. Michelle Richberg is one of the nation's most sought after business managers, and she's the president and CEO of Richburg Enterprises and Richburg Wealth Management. Michelle initially launched her career in banking as a check processor during junior high school. She went on to graduate from Mercy College, achieving a bachelor's in science in business administration and completing training programs in wealth management, marketing management, total quality management, and banking. At the same time, she continued to climb through the ranks of the New York banking industry, becoming a senior vice president at Signature Bank. After parting ways with Signature Bank, she spent two years at People's Bank before an Oprah Winfrey conference inspired her to make a major move. Hashtag pivot. Michelle then launched Richburg Enterprises in 2015. Representing anyone and everyone from NBA stars and entertainers to small business entrepreneurs, Richburg Enterprises specializes in business and tax management services in addition to financial planning. Notable media mentions include CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC, and Billboard. She has been honored with recognition as Billboard's top 2021 business managers and Billboard's R&B hip-hop power players of 2020, among many other accolades. High-profile clients include platinum rapper Shine, Wendy Williams, and St. John. She is also an author, having written the book Still, I Thrive. Michelle joins me today via StreamYard to discuss financial empowerment, the true meaning of wealth, and the power of financial freedom. Welcome, Michelle. Congratulations on all of your success. And thank you for becoming a beautiful member of the Forever Fab podcast. Michelle, I do know a bit about you. We obviously met through beauty. Yes. But um, tell me about your childhood. Where did you grow up? Mm, okay. So my, I grew up between, uh, I was born in White Plains. I'm a Westchester girl. Westchester. <laughs> but I guess, you you know, I moved to Nourishell when I was 10 uh, with my grandparents, Alexander and Dora Amos. Um, so a lot of, I guess, what you um, probably have read, because it's, it's uh, documented in everything that I talk about, Yes. Um, is that my financial acumen started before I even knew it started mm. from my grandmother. Um, she raised me and she uh, was very independent, very determined, 
a no-nonsense Southern woman <laughs> who was going to have this little girl all the way together, whether she wanted to be or not. That's right. So she, um, yeah, I, I think I've, I've talked about this before, but from the time I was like five, like all the way back to when I could remember, she's been talking to me about money. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm in finance or in my banking career or my, you know, as I say, part one yes. started off as a banker, you know, was all of was was God's plan is uh, is how I see it, because she's she's definitely been was talking to me about money um, since I can remember. She she passed uh, 22 years ago uh, in, in 2000. But it's really like she's like this, you know angel yeah on my you know even now because people say 20 years ago or so but I mean I hear her in um in everything that I do especially being an entrepreneur especially um when I took the leap to start Richburg uh I just kind of quit my job and was like here we go um (laughs) so she's 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 you know She's a part of everything. Yeah. Um, but some of the things to answer your question that she used to tell me growing up, again, I was a banker. So mm-hmm. moving forward into to my early years, and I was a banker, and I would come home and tell her, Oh, my, you need to, you know, buy life insurance or you need to get a credit card. And you right. know, and she used to say, Yeah, you can't tell me nothing about money. <laughs> Go ahead. But there's nothing you could tell me about money. And I just used to be like, okay. Right. And, um, but, you know, we had sales goals and all those kind of things. But she was um, one of the many lessons that I try to um, pass on and instill and probably almost preach to my clients. Yes. Especially the younger generation. Mm-hmm. She was very determined. Yeah. She was very determined. And she was very disciplined. Mm-hmm. She was very focused, right? And so, taking those those things um, and aligning them with your finances, there's. Oh, I mean, life is going to happen. Things are going to happen. They happen to me. I didn't just, you know, sit here. As as they say, there's there's uh, glory in my story, right? There's, right. There's, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but. Um, if you take those things and you and you um, you're deliberate mm-hmm. and intentional, you will reach your financial goals. Yeah, and that's what she did. And so I didn't know it at the time. Right. Her teachings to me again was independence mm-hmm. to always be able to take care of yourself. You know, no, no pun intended against right. you know our male population, but not to depend on a man, right? Um, and and to just you know always be able to to nobody's going to take care of you like you, right? So that part of the equation I did get early on. I've been like this probably, you know. You woke up this way. <laughs> I woke up. This way. I woke up this way. I woke up this way. Like, I, right. <laughs> the other part of her lessons I learned as I matured. Yeah. 
So now you, you mentioned something about independent. I love the words that you use and that you obviously, you know, channeled through your grandmother, you know, deliberate, um, intentional, determined, disciplined, focused, independence. And yes, definitely no hate at all on our male counterparts or the institution of marriage. But I have often heard growing up, a man is not a financial plan. So you obviously agree with that. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yes. Um, so I, yeah, I'm just, the end, I've, like I said, I've always been um, independent from my teenage years, from when I started working. Um, I, I mean, I did grow up a little spoiled. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I can admit these things. I had a car in my 11th grade. They bought me a car. Um, but it was all with, again, the intention that I was working. You got to go to college. Like, there were expectations. In the of house, course. Yes. Right. So with having um, the accessible things that I had and also having the drive to work um, up until I got married and had my son, I worked three jobs. Wow. Um, all while in college. So right? you had a serious work ethic. I had a serious work ethic, which I got from both my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, so along with the work ethic and along with the accessibility of being able to get around for my learning how to drive and being able to get around for myself, I just, you know, lived for Michelle, did what Michelle needed to do, was able to take care of Michelle's business. Right. Now, and I moved on, uh, you know, when I got married, Um, and I understand obviously the institution of marriage and all of that, but again, I've been raised by this very strong, independent woman who told me to always have my own money, to always have my own bank account Mm -hmm. to, you know, to, and it's probably, um, uh, what's the word I want to say, but, you know, not to let the left hand know what the right hand is. (laughs) I'm trying to say that's probably not the most, you know, um, honest, not that she was being honest, but it was that you have to take care of herself. So of yourself. So as I say, if she drilled a lot of things into my head, right. But that was definitely at the top of the list. Yeah. Right? And so I always knew that, okay, we are joining together and we talk things over and, you know, all these things that's having you married. However, I'm always going to make sure that I'm okay, whatever, yeah. whatever that, that meant. Right. Um, now there were a lot of times and I talk about this in the book. Yes. Where, um, some, some life lessons, some financial lessons of, of, you know, when I was married and struggling like all of us and, yes. uh, needed to qualify for a mortgage and couldn't. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a banker. Right. Go figure. Yes. Um, or credit card debt out the wazoo. Yeah. Um, and I had to, you know, kind of go back to her. Um, and some of the things she helped me with, some of the things she did not. Right. Um, but it was it, it, it taught me even then in my 20s that, OK, I can't be here again. Yeah. Right? Meeting in front of her asking for help. Well, yes, and I, and 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 I'm sure I'm going to make mistakes, but they have to be new mistakes. Yeah, right. And I have to, um, again, have my have my financial house in order and not depend on my husband or anyone else 
yeah. to fix a financial problem for me. Understood. Now, you are a veteran of the banking industry and, you know, look at life, right? You were having trouble financially or getting a mortgage, whatever. And lo and behold, now you are a financial guru. So you've been a veteran of the banking industry. You know how things work in your and don't work in your experience. Have you found the financial industry, the banking industry to be imbalanced or sort of not providing a level playing field for everyone? Absolutely. Yeah, I have found the same, unfortunately. And when I was at, um, so again, so part of the story, which is, like I said, there's glory in the story. So in 2011, I was fired from my very, very cushy (laughs) senior vice president executive job, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And is that the one at, um, at, um, not People's Bank? Signature. Signature, exactly. Thank you. I knew it was an S, yes. And um, in my role there as group director, so when I uh, was employed there, um, I had, at at that time, I had been, you know, in the business 20 years, so I had an enormous book of business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was courted to the bank to come on as a group director and bring my team and my clients, which Mm -hmm. were very, very high profile. Mm-hmm. Very high profile. Um, and again, it was, you know, they needed to meet a diversity quota and they also wanted what I had. Of course. Me on the, on the other hand was like, wow, I made it in corporate, mm-hmm. right? I have a corner, right. I have a corner office, glass office, you know, everything's wood. I have that dark walnut in that, the glass. Right, exactly. The assistance outside. The assistance outside. You know, oh people God. have to call for an appointment. That's right. It was like, okay. Did you call it, first? Exactly. So yes. what we easy and jump. We we moving on up, right? Right, right. So I was fired from that job very randomly, very unexpectedly, no explanation, so on and so forth. That you knew of, but clearly. There was an explanation behind the scenes, but okay. But okay. Yeah. So in my role there, um, I was very deliberate about making sure that our clients, my book of business, had the same opportunities and Mm -hmm. access as everyone else in the bank. Because I could do that at my level. Right. And I was, you know... um, I was I was in charge of my own ship. Right. I reported to the president and CEO of the bank. Right. So obviously in banking you have compliance and you have rules mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything we you know I we were doing that that um we couldn't do. Right. But again, as their advocate, I was there to make sure that they received the same opportunities as every every other depositor in that private bank, because it was a private bank. Okay. Sounds reasonable um, to me. Right. Um, because to answer your question, um, there's a there's a lot of, you know, disparity and and you know what happens what's you know what happens on the right doesn't necessarily happen on the left. Or okay. what's your zip code versus uh, you know upper east side or uh, what's your profession? Yes. You also have to keep in mind that I'm in the um urban, I mean, you know, music business, but is hip hop and urban music. Yes. 
So my client isn't, you know, you know, Bruce Springsteen. Right. Right. But so what? Got it. So then let's dig into that a little bit deeper. So clearly there are biases. I think many of us have experienced it firsthand. Would you say, though, that and you mentioned zip code or you mentioned, you know, professional career, what people do for a living. So is it a number of factors that lead or that contribute to the bias or is it just bottom line? Like, is your number bigger than this other person's number? So is it really just all about the total dollar amount or numbers or is it a combination of things like, yeah, you may have the numbers, but dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I think it's it's both, but I think it's certainly the latter. Okay, okay. Um, And part of, I guess I would say that some of the distinctions um, started way back when is, you know, I just, my clients were put under a different scrutiny Mm. and had to um, go through different hurdles and explain different transactions mm-hmm. when all of the deposits and earnings and financials were very clear and straightforward. about how, you know, the individuals earn the money, but, but it was a very um, challenging process mm. for me to accommodate them yeah. at the highest level. Of course. Because I'm of course dealing with like I said, the you know, I mean, these are household names that yeah. are, you know, you know that that are just, you know, large. Yeah. So their transactions are large, right? So it wasn't just business as usual. Yeah. For my for the client, and then for myself, who um, is responsible for making things happen, it was a whole movie. Yeah, that's not, you know, that's not the way it should be. No, that's not cool. And it's very interesting that you say that because it reminds me of something that I experienced many years ago when I was first starting my practice. um, It took me obviously, you know, several months to be able to get to a place where I was, you know, financially fluid and out of the debt that allowed me to start my practice. I had to take on quite a bit of debt. So sure, you know, a few thousand here deposits, a few hundred there deposits. And one of my first operations, um, it was five figures, right? Because I was doing this massive reconstructive thing. It was five figures. I had never deposited five figures before. And um, I deposited it. The teller didn't say anything. Bank didn't say anything. And almost a month later, <laughs> that deposit was still not in my bank account. And I have bills to pay, right? Um, 30 you know, days later. Yeah. So you make the money, but it goes back into your business. You're reinvesting it in yourself or paying malpractice, et cetera. So I actually had to go to the bank and try to figure out what had happened, had the check bounced or this and that. And as it turns out, they're like, yeah, no, you just never deposited that much before. And so we just yeah, thought we, yeah, we just thought we'd hold on to it until, I don't know. I, and it was, it blew my mind that uh, it's almost as if no one's, willing to give you the chance until you sort of prove yourself. But then even when you do prove yourself, they don't believe you. So you yet have to go through another set of hurdles. So I completely understand, you know, where you are coming from. And that put you though, in a difficult position, different from my being just a banking client, because here you are a vice president 
right? At a bank where you're trying to, yeah. That was important. Yes. Senior vice president. Senior vice president. That's right. So here you are at the, one of the highest levels in the C-suite at an institution that is allegedly trying to facilitate um, and manage people's wealth. And by the way, getting fees for it. And yet you were on the client side, but then you were also on the banking side and you were in this very difficult in-between situation. So hundred percent. So my question, my other questions, but basically that leads me to my other questions, which are where then should financial education begin? So you have an advocate, senior vice president at the bank, and yet it's difficult for her, for you to make it happen. So where should we begin our financial education so that when we do make the five and the six plus, maybe even the seven figures, you know, um, how do we go about it? How do we find the person, the people? Where should financial education begin? Well, thank you for asking the question. I was ju- I was going to say, um, I do talk a lot. Well, the, our clients now in real time, they have the firm, right? They yes. Um, but I do tell people or try to explain past and present the importance of having a banking relationship, Mm. of having a banker. So if I take it back before I was employed with the private bank, I was a personal banker inside of the commercial bank, Mm -hmm. right? That's how I carried myself. That's how I carried myself. So this will go back all the way to 1997 or or even before then. Mm-hmm. So how I got into entertainment was, and that I, I won't go into a long story, but I basically was introduced or was a client at the bank way back then, was the business manager, which is someone like myself now, of Sean Combs. Okay. And they were a banking client. And then I, you know, asked a lot of questions. It is a funny story. On, <laughs> we talk about it um, and, and that put me in position, let's just say that. Um, that's a short story. And I just worked my butt off forever, never, never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and developed my relationships with Pop, with Bad Boy, and everyone surrounding um, you know, and at least that record label and the yeah. Right in the 90s. So so the reason I bring that up is I was an employee, I was you know, Lola was a customer. Back then, they called it a platform person. Mm-hmm. And I met, as I said, this this business manager, and subsequently, Puff was was their client. So my mentality was that I, whatever they needed to do, mm-hmm. I was going to do it and figure it out. Okay. So Oprah has a new saying now, which yes, anything, Lady Ella. But back then, it was remember this. It was the the aha moment. Yes. She had her. So I had an aha moment for myself and my career, which was, I'm going to be the banker to the stars. Mm. Like I realized that everybody, they have checking accounts, they have credit cards, they need mortgages, they need, and I'm, so I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the it girl. I'm going to be the, the, it's funny because some people call me from, they call me the money lady. I love it. (laughs) Um, I just saw Lil C's 
uh, last month at a event for Biggie at Lincoln mm-hmm. Center, and I actually just posted this last week. And um, when we saw each other and we hugged, and he said, "Oh, that you're the money lady." <laughs> <laughs> so yes. anyway, I say that to say that. So I, I from my mentors and my boss at the time, um, became a personal, private go-to finance person before I really had the title. If you think about it, I didn't have the title till years later. Right. right? So by, by by me making myself available and then by the client knowing that they had a point person made their life easier because I knew how to navigate the bank. Right. You so use that it, knowledge, that inside knowledge to help your clients externally from the bank. Exactly. So if you fast forward that and so how the career trajectory went, I obviously became a private banker by yes. you know. Um, so the long answer, my answer always long, <laughs> is that one should start financial education as soon as as possible. I mean, it's unfortunate that um, we don't get it in the schools, yes. really, you know, grammar no. school. No. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm the only one that grew up with my grandmother or with in a household, you know, with someone that was financially focused and talked about it, you know, all the time. Right. But I think it's safe to say that the majority of us, it's not dinner conversation. No. It's not, um, you know, matter of factly. Right. So I am trying to now, as my role as presidency of Richburg, to make it a priority to educate and to um, pass on the knowledge that it is important that you have, you know, a relationship with your banker, that you have good credit, that you, yeah. you know, all of these things. Right. Um, that I don't that not, I don't think that I know again, that doesn't come natural to us. Right. If we don't seek it out, because most of the times, by the time we graduate and we go to college, which I was a victim of, (laughs) and you are bombarded with all the credit loan debt. Yes. Student loans and credit cards. So you think, Oh, this is free money. Really? I mean, and then if you like to shop, like I like to shop. Oh my God. I was a hog heaven. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yes. but, we, but and, and I had someone that talked to me about this and never had a credit card or a loan in her entire life. Right. Right. But I right. had the freedom and I had the access and I had whatever. And I still fell into the to the rat race. Or the yes, or whatever. it's definitely a trap. Yeah, exactly. So so the answer is one should access or try to become um financially savvy, yes. seek um, professional advice or look stuff up online and read yeah. books and ask questions and as soon as humanly as soon as possible. Now, you mentioned a term, which, which I like, financially savvy. Um, I happen to believe that one of the benefits of being financially savvy is freedom. And not just financial freedom, but if you, I mean, that's a, that's a big word for me. That's a big operative word. And it, um, it sort of informs a lot of the things that I do and how I lead my life. I mean, I think, um, 
freedom to help others, uh, freedom to be free of worry and not have anxiety, um, freedom to do as you wish, to travel, to educate yourself, to help educate others. I mean, it, it's such a, a big word. So what for you, so that's my perspective, for you, what are the advantages of being financially savvy? The exact same thing. Love it. <laughs> yep. Hey, I mean, I mean, we're so aligned. So, um, and that's what a large part of my content is, if you will. That's the word they use, right? On Instagram is freedom, financial freedom. That's, that's what my chapter. So the, my chapter in the book yes. um, is called freedom. Yeah. So it comes from a perspective of financial literacy, obviously, mm. but also, like I mentioned, some of the life lessons that I had as a younger adult. Uh, I talk about my childhood, but also the life lessons that I have as a younger adult and looking at that perspective, sitting here now, 50 or 54, 53, when I wrote the book, the chapter, whatever it was, um, because, and now I really, really know what my grandmother was saying, right? Like I get it. So I'll share a min another mini story with you. Which I, which I did a whole video on in May. So my best friend turned 60 in May. Okay. So now at our age, you, you know, back to you like 60, whoa. But we're here now. <laughs> I'm 55, okay? <laughs> and looking fabulous, I might add. Thank you. She turned 60 in May. Yes. And, and, and I'll just add that her and my grandmother were best friends. Okay. Okay. Back and I used to be like, "Aren't you my friend?" Yeah. <laughs> but that's she thought your grandmother was way cool, right? And they were so aligned. Mm. But again, when you put, well, for me, and I, as the Bible says, or the old folks say, when you think things over, you know that God, this was aligned, right? Mm. And I'm talking. I've been friend. Her name is Renee. I've been friends with her. I met her when I was 17. Wow. Okay. So she long started with one of my three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and she started off as a mentor. And because of who she is, she gravitated to me and wanted to look, you know, a young black woman or whatever. And she became like a mentor. And then we became sister girlfriends shortly thereafter and have been attached to the hip for all of these. Oh. I mean, she's my son's godmother, right? That's very special. Yeah. So, uh, I'll, so, so I'll back up to say quickly. So she retired in December of 2021, mm -hmm. which made her 59. Yes. She turned 60 in May. Yes. Her house is paid off. Wow. She has no debt. Wow. Double wow. She has, and then she, I got approval to, 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 I mean, you know, not her, um, I got approval to disclose all this. Cause I said, you are the financial picture that I need to, for myself, continue yes. to be as a mentor. And also for everyone that I speak to about yes. freedom and what, yes. so she has, so, you know, the stock market is crazy. Oh yes. Um, and she, you know, she, she's been in the market and educated herself for you know, most of her, all of her adult life. But so we were talking about her 401k and all the stuff and, the, and her investments. And she said, girl, I ain't worried about the stock market. I got enough cash to last me for over five years. 
Wow. I was like, oh. okay. <laughs> but then okay. I said, okay. So then I was like, I need to talk about this. I yeah. do, you know, and I'll put it together real nice, you know. Yeah. So again, this is an analogy. That's freedom. Yeah, that's and beautiful. And by the way, this 2021, she's taking a trip every month. Wow. She started in January, okay, to celebrate because we have a double whammy. We have, she turned 60 and she's retired. Yes. And she's living the life that she planned out. And that yeah. she desires. Now she's had a lot of, we all do, life happens. Things yes. have happened. It has not been rosy. It ha- But she worked hard. The things that I said in the beginning, she was intentional. Yes. She was focused. Yes. She was disciplined. Yes, the big one. And here we are. Mm. Right? Yes. And she is, so, and Michelle Richburg book, if I had my own <laughs> dictionary and you looked up freedom yeah her picture was there would be right there right yeah. so it's everything that you said it's everything in this story but also if i have to say in my own words which is which is what like and so i'm going to say that we had obviously a big celebration for her in may and so when i toasted her of course i was booing and crying and i said yes. i get it now you know you i get freedom now Yes. I get all of the financial lessons. I get all of the, you know, everything in between from 20 years ago to five years ago to whatever, yes. to when I quit my, when I um, got fired from my job, right? Yes. I get it now. Okay. So what I like, would like people to understand, and I like materialistic, you know, I like to shop. I like to get my hair done. I, you know, I like to go to dinner, well, not yes. so much now, but, <laughs> but, but what I would like to pass on and for folks to get it, not in their, you know, forties or fifties, but whoever's watching yeah. is that, and which I tell a lot of my clients, because a lot of my clients are, are, you know, in their 20, whatever they are, they're young. Yes. Right. Yes. And they, and they, and they come into a lot of money because they got their first deal or whatever have you. And it's like, I'm not going to be the person to tell you not to have any fun or to not splurge and to not buy jewelry and to not buy car. We know they're going to do that, but you don't need 10 cars. (laughs) You know what what I'm saying? Like you have to have a balance and you have to look at the big picture and you have to know that also you've been blessed with the opportunity yes. to live your dreams that most people can't just That's like right. they say, yeah. all the little boys that want to make it to the NBA. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's not a lot. No, so that's very low. Here, you need to, to make this work for you. And you need to have a balance and you need to be, di- and I can help you do that, but you have, you know, we have to kind of play in the, in the sandbox. That's right. Yes. We have and to then be. You will have, that's financial freedom because right. you don't want to get, fit, you know, old and then decide to figure it out yeah. or either squander it all and you don't have it. And now you're trying to, you know, how we see, you know, it is what it is, but we see a lot of senior citizens that are still working or that yeah. are, you know, yeah. my dad worked. I mean, he retired and then he, he half retired. He half 
worked after his retirement because he had to, and then also because yeah. he gave him something to do. Yes. <laughs> so my point is financial freedom or not, or, or freedom in general is about planning your life. Yeah. The best of your ability and just, you know, and having a balance. And then you can do all of the things that you first said that I a hundred percent align with. So it's clear that, you know, savings is one of the basic rules for financial wellness. And, and yes, it is hard to do when, especially when you have the financial resource to be able resources to be able to splurge or, you know, just that one little blingy thing. Um, but isn't it easier to save and to be on the, you know, the road to, to financial freedom and financial empowerment if you do have those resources to save, if you do have, you know, the check from the five-figure reconstructive or cosmetic operation or from the, you know, entertainment company or from the record label, what about if you don't have those blessings or those right. privileges or those opportunities how can one start on this road to financial freedom when you have to a if you don't have a paycheck or b if your paycheck comes from odds and end jobs and much of that paycheck you have to put back into living for yourself or your family how do we do that so that was my life i mean i'm not I, you know, I think, you know, my skill set, I always tell people I'm behind the scenes because, you know, my friends, when I sing happy birthday, they like, girl. <laughs> so, so, I, so I don't, I haven't had a windfall, right? Um, or any of those. When I was working um, in corporate, I had access to a 401k, mm-hmm. right? So I always tell people like my son who's working and if you, you have to pay yourself first and you have to take it off the top. So mm-hmm. A, if you are working and you have a 401k, you absolutely just have to try to, you just have to do what you, you have to do it, right? And I say do the max because usually when you do the max, your company will match it, right? So when and you say pay yourself first, sorry to interrupt. When you say pay yourself first, I just want to clarify. That doesn't necessarily mean you get the paycheck and you want to pay reward yourself and say, oh my gosh, I definitely want to get that, you know, those Manolo Blahnik shoes or that Cartier bracelet I've been working so hard for. That's not necessarily what you mean by pay yourself first. Is that right? Right. So I'll break So two things. So if you, um, so like I said, so if you have access to a 401k and you can contribute If you contribute anything, I would say, you know, contribute what you can. But certainly you want to aim to contribute the max, because if you contribute the max, you know, 95 percent of the time, your company is going to match up to a certain amount of what you put in. And by not doing that, meaning that requirement, you're leaving free money on the table. So you never want to do that. So you want to do that. You want to just try to figure it out. If that means that you can only go to Starbucks every other week as opposed to <laughs> every day, but that should be a priority. And that's what I mean by discipline. Yes. Right? Okay. If you can't contribute the max, we'll just do something. You want to ease into it. You just should do something. Got it. If, if that is not an option, and when we say paying ourselves first, as, as you were making, you know, pointing out is, and you don't have 401k, but when you get paid, you need to automate your savings. You need mm-hmm. to have it. And nowadays, 
um, you know, stuff is online, even the interest rate is um, paying a little bit more than, than your brick and mortar banks. So you need to automate your savings. And that could be $50 a pay period or $100 a pay period. It's whatever you, you budget, which is a different conversation, the budgeting yes. piece. Oh, yeah. But you have to say that if I don't do this, right, I'm going to pay all my bills. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you may or may not have extra money. I'm not right. saying everybody does. Right. But what I'm saying is you have to just, as, as my grandmother would say, make up in your mind that this is what you're going to do. And you start, just start. So you start small and you work your way up. And these are things that I'm speaking from experience that I did working in a bank, not making a lot of money, right? And then when I needed to, you know, um, and I also dipped into it. That that was part of my problem, right? So I don't do that now, but that was part of my aha moment with Renee when I said, I get it now. Because another thing from my grandmother was if you put money away in your savings as she did or CD or whatever. Yeah. Never touch it because <laughs> if you touch it, right. Yeah. You might say, Oh, I'm going to put it back next pay period. Okay. You put it back, but you've already taken it out. So what you should be putting next pay period is double. Right. <laughs> so oh, 20 years ago, or 30 years, you know, I did use shoot. 10 years ago, I did used to have to, that would, I had to, you know, you don't have a choice. As I said, life happened. But I also believe, and I speak this from my heart too, is everything is when you make up in your mind and you're intentional about your situation and your goals and what it is you're trying to do, and you start. God is already going to exceed what it is that you need to do, right? So you have to, it's mindset. I love that word too, yeah. Mindset mindset and faith. And faith, Mm -hmm. and faith. So you may put that $50 aside and then something happens, your car breaks down and you got to take your car to the shop and the insurance isn't going to cover it. Okay, so you have to take the money out. Right. but at least, guess what? Had you not started somewhere and did anything, you wouldn't have the money to take out. Very true. This next question you may have just answered, but I'm going to ask you anyway. You're obviously very good with math and numbers. <laughs> so I'm going to ask oh, you, no. <laughs> is, is there, or even if there weren't, maybe you could make it up, like a fundamental rule for you know, economic achievement or, you know, that financial savviness. So is there a specific formula for, for success in this arena? For example, as we just mentioned, mindset plus faith equals financial freedom. So that's just an example using the, you know, the two words you just mentioned. So uh, would the words be different for you or fill in these blanks? A plus B equals financial freedom. What are your A and B? Hmm. That's a good question. That's very Thank good. you. I really like that question. I know. I, I really like it. Like if somebody were to ask me, you know, A plus B equals beauty, I'd be like, ooh. Like I talk about beauty and health and wellness like all day, every day for the past, for decades. And yet if someone were to stop and ask me, okay, 
blank plus blank equals beauty. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> I'd have to give it some thought. Right. So just throw so it out there. I me. would yeah. say, can I do A plus C plus A plus yes, C? Plus yes, you can, numbers lady, money lady. Keep adding them. Just keep adding the zeros. Go ahead. <laughs> A plus B plus C. Let me have I would say freedom. mindset. Yes. Plus budget. Budgeting. Ooh. Yes. Plus discipline. Oof. Equals financial freedom. I like it. I'm going to quote you on it. <laughs> You've been listening that to was, part that, That's wow. Right? Yeah, that was I'll let you use that, Michelle. You'll let me use that? In your next book, yes. In your next video series. Yeah, you may have that. I mean, I it's your it's your content, but I'm just saying I help bring it out. <laughs> you absolutely brought it out. You absolutely brought it out. Audience, you've been listening to part one of the Forever Fab podcast with my supremely intelligent guest, Michelle Richberg. Stay tuned for part two. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.